Good day, legends, and welcome to the Southern Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are Liam and Sean. How are you, Liam? Good. Uh, new Celtic tops arrived, as you can see. Um, oh, I heard a wee bit of a wee bit of Hollywood news this week that was interesting, though. Um, Sean Connery, legendary Scottish actor and apparently Celtic supporter on occasion. Um, turns out he didn't die of old age. Um, he got a bookcase from Ikea. He was building it and the bloody thing fell on top of him. His last words were, I blame my shelf. Uh, <laughs> I, to, I seriously need to get a boom sound effect, mate. Right? I'm telling you. <laughs> How are you, Sean? Yeah, good. Uh, just, yeah, it's a bit weird, this kind of state of national mourning that we're in for Olivia Newton-John. It's, it's very off very confusing for someone from Scotland. Uh, I've got a teaser for you to start with, if you'd like. Go on. Okay. What's roughly six inches long, has five letters in the name, and begins with a P. I live for you, Liam. <laughs> I don't know. A jobby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> anyway, we'll move that we'll along. Leave up to, we'll leave it up to you, dear viewers, to decide who told the worst, worst joke there. <laughs> Disgraceful start to the episode, so um, we'll just crack straight into the usual stuff, why everyone's here. Um, yeah, had a, um, we've had a good bit of growth on the uh, Sell Down to Podcast recently in terms of subscriber count, and on both the podcast and on YouTube. So I want to, first of all, say thanks to everyone who subscribed. Really appreciate that. If you haven't done so, what's stopping you? Hit, hit that button, subscribe. We really appreciate your support. Um, other than that, we've got our social media accounts. So Facebook, we've got a, a page and a group. Uh, Instagram, barely use it, but that's just when we share our podcast in there as well. And on Twitter, at Celtic Down on both of them. And, um, yeah, you can find us on our YouTube channel, obviously, which is where the majority of you are watching right now. So, yeah, we'll um, crack on with the podcast. We'll start off with um, Celtic 3, Ross County 1. Now, Liam, I'm going to throw to you because mm. you made your debut on our crossover. So what we've done is we've partnered up with the Celtic State of Mind podcast. So on match days, it's going to be their match day coverage it's going to be on our Twitter account, going Live, and on their YouTube channel. Now, we'll be appearing. So, some weeks, there may not, because of time zone differences, there may not be someone from this podcast on the match day. Other weeks, like this weekend, just gone. Liam was there for the Ross County game. I was there for the one against Norwich in the preseason. So, we're going to try and do that a bit throughout the season. So, hopefully, Sean and John can get involved in that as well at times. But yeah, it's a uh, good to good crossover, and it's good to uh, be working and partnering up with a um, one of the really big boys out there in the uh, you know Celtic fan media sphere. Bunch of good people, so um, we appreciate that. And yeah, you're on there, Liam. So first of all, how did you find the match day coverage? And second of all, give us your thoughts overall on the game. Well, um, the uh, you know. When you prepare to do a, a podcast or a, a YouTube broadcast, the one thing you're worried about is technical difficulties. Um, didn't have any of those with Axon, but Celtic TV had quite a few. Um, 
Between yep. um, finishing up the halftime coverage for Axom and getting my stream back up, because obviously I was running my Celtic TV and my streaming off the same laptop, um, I ended up missing Kyogo's goal. And then the Celtic TV coverage cut out, so I missed the Ross County goal as well. Um, and it was about maybe 10, 15 minutes before that finally came back up. And, uh, yeah, the um, the funny thing was, actually, at halftime, um, uh, Laura from the uh, the Axlum, she called it perfectly. She said, um, we need to uh, switch out Maeda for... Um, uh, who was it came on again? Sorry. <laughs> Abada. sorry. Aye. We need to switch out Maida for Abada. And that's exactly what happened, and it worked out exactly. Um, you know, the games like that show character, and they show uh, they show league-winning form. And I think it's uh, when you look back on a long, hard season, it's games like that where you're, you're not sure of the result with five minutes to go and you end up running out 3-1 that um, really matter. And also there was an important psychological point as well. Rangers went 2-0 up in their game when and we, when we were winning 2-1. And that meant they would have drawn level with us on goal difference. But then us getting that wee cheeky third goal just keeps us that wee bit ahead of them, which I think is an important psychological edge. Because I, be, I want to get into my first game against them with us above them, even if it's only on goals. How was your yeah. thoughts, Sean? Uh, I had a bit of a nightmare. Uh, try to watch it live as well. It's, uh, worse than Liam, in fact. Um, I was pretty stocious because uh, I was I'd been out for a box earlier in the as a stag to people in Scotland. Uh, so I was watching the first half at the sports club and I was like really struggling. So I got in a taxi at half time uh, up the road to watch the second half. Missed the first five minutes of the second half, so I missed the Kyogo goal, and then obviously. Celtic TV does what Celtic TV do. And then uh, by the time it was getting to midnight, I was like falling. I fell asleep and missed the last 10 minutes. So uh, I had to watch that the next day. Um, wake up in the morning, but hungover like, Alexa, what was the Celtic score? In the Scottish Premier League, Celtic beat. No, oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. <laughs> Who scored the goals? <laughs> Yeah, I think we all had a bit of a bit of a nightmare to be honest, getting to the game because getting coverage of it because like my stream didn't even work in the first half. Like I got the last five minutes of the game of the first half. Don't know why. And then, yeah, I saw Kyogo's goal, as you guys have said. So TV did its thing, and yeah, after that I was just like, I'm that pissed off. I'm going to bed. It's too late. It's late. I'm angry. There's no point. I went to bed. Wake up. Three one, happy days. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Same. I was expecting to wake up to one each, and then when I found it three one, I was like, "Yes, yeah, beauty." Uh, so it was, it was a really good, you know. Um, there was a, apart from the performance, you know, it was kind of what we all expected, really beforehand, wasn't it? You know, it was Ross County try to play in the wings. It was them packing the box full of players. Otherwise, uh, packing the box and trying to hit us on the counter up the wings. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. And even set pieces like they 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 score the goal. Uh, maybe we could have done better defending that in a couple of phases, uh, but we've done a pretty good job overall defending those. So hopefully it's just a one-off. Um, but for me, the person that that won the match. I know everyone's saying Moritz Jens scores the winner, but for me, the person that wins the match is Joe Hart. 
Uh, at one each, he had absolutely no right to save that free kick. I do not know how he saves that. Like when that's that goes through that wall, like that is absolutely in the goals all day long. And then I I don't know how he's. I, I look, I've watched it back like four or five times, and I still don't understand how he's he's reacted that quickly and not just reacted quickly, like basically held on to it. Like I don't know what's going on there. Funny thing on that, Sean. What was one of the big criticisms of Joe Hart before he came in? We signed him. He's no good going down to his left to make saves. And where mm-hmm. did he do that at? Down to his left. Saw that and straight away, that's what popped into my head when I was watching watching the replays and everything later on. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, there goes that idea. But, um, yeah, so overall for me, we like, let's look at it. What was the cream of the crop of the goals? For me, a Barter's one it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Jens's goal, great delivery. It's good to have a target man, a big guy in there who can finish. We've missed that since Julian hurt his knee. Um, the first goal, Kyogo doing Kyogo things. He comes in, and when he puts that in, he goes to the near post on it where he's got very little room to, margin for error, and he slots it. But then you get him some other games where he's got wide open goals and he just shanks it. So it's like, I'm like, I don't get that. But I suppose it's when you don't have to think. you just on instinct. It's a lot easier. But that was my thoughts Anything you guys want to add about the goals? Um, yeah, but the Abada one was like he again. It's one of those ones like it, it doesn't look like it's in until he starts celebrating. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so far outside the post when he hits it. You're like, ah, oh, he's just put it wide here. So, oh, good, good effort, just wide, and then Rhett the net's moving and he's away celebrating. You're like, oh, yeah, and the, that Jota celebration as well was pretty special for the first goal. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the um the, the the other interesting point is that that is us now scored five goals in our first two games, and it's been five different goal scorers. We have got, got goals all over the pitch right now, and that is a really good thing. We've got options. You gotta love it. So, any particular players you guys want to send send uh, single out here? Sean, you've just touched on Joe Hart. Anyone else we want to specifically mention? I'll throw to you, Liam. Uh, well, I would second the Joe Hart one because that is the game-changing moment. Um, absolutely world-class goalkeeping. Um, and uh, Moritz Jens, you know, on his full debut, um, that's just exactly what you want to see, is just getting in there, getting the heading goal. Um, and hopefully, you know, he had a couple of wee shaky moments, but it's going to take him time to build up a partnership with Carter Vickers. Um and, you know, if he continues to develop the way that he has in the last couple of games, it's when Starfelt comes back, which is probably only one or two weeks away, and just going to have a big decision to make. Yeah. And, and we, obviously we have to mention Jota as well, who mm. uh, three assists, however much credit you want to give him for the assists, that's still <laughs> pretty impressive. And he had a good game overall as well. Got a couple of comments I'm going to bring up about the game here just quickly. So, talking about Jens there, Strange of the Doctor, that decides to come up. Lord, won't you buy me a Moritz Jens? <laughs> Seeing that, and you get, don't get, want to get that caught in your head just yet, but it's good to see he's already got a song. Michael Rossier, Liam, you touched on the five different goal scorers, two centre backs scoring. Hope Starfelt's watching. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because he's still not scored, has And then he? we've got another comment here. No. <laughs> and then we've got Vanessa McCormick. 
What does the panel think of Maeda? Yes, he runs all day, but I don't think he's very good technically. Liam, was he the same in Japan? Okay. Um, well, first of all, yes, he does run all day. His engine is unlike any player I've seen before. Um, technically, he is a lot better than we're seeing at the moment. Um, the The difficulty is that he's adjusting to a new level because when he played for Yamaga, when I used to go and watch him in person, um, he was the big fish in the small pond. And he absolutely ran. That, that team relied so heavily on him. It was unbelievable. It was to the same extent where, like... Now, I'm not comparing them in terms of ability, but in the sense that, like, Henrik Larsson could elevate a bad Celtic team to get a good result. Um, Maeda could elevate a very, very poor Yamaga team to, to get results now and again um, because he was that much above the rest of the team. Then he stepped up to Yokohama, which at the time were the best team in the country. And the question is, well, can he cut it at this higher level? And he did. And now he's stepped up a level again. And I think he's doing well. But he has much better technical ability than we're seeing at the moment. He's still settling in. He's still trying to understand his role because he, with both Yokohama and with Yamaga, he was kind of given a free role. He could roam across the front three, kind of like Jota does with us now. Um, but with Celtic now, he's playing a more regimented like, set position. Him and, Jota, him and Jota do switch from time to time, but it's much more, no, no, you're, you're the left winger, that, that's that's where you play. And I think he's taking time to adjust to that. I would say give, give Dyes in five or ten games and see how he is then. I think he'll be all right. I'm interested. I'm just going to... You're touching on what he's done in Japan. Now, what I'm going to go on is when I've seen him play for I blew the Japanese national team, mm-hmm. he's, he seemed a lot more technical because he's got a bit more freedom and also because they're not playing against two, two blocks of like five, a block of five and a block of four players in the box. So I think that's yeah. part of it as well. When he's playing for the national team, he's got a bit more freedom because speed is more of a, more of a factor because he can get in behind guys. And he could do that in Japan as well. When I saw it, watched a few of his games after you told us when he was at Yokohama, we're not seeing that at the moment because we're at Ross County on the weekend, basically two slabs of five in front of the box. Teams are sitting that deep and it's hard. It's taking away his biggest strength, which is his yeah. speed, when he's able to counterattack and he's got space to run into. So I think we'll see more technical ability from him when the field opens up. So when we're playing a Rangers, when we're playing against a Hibs, a Hearts, that sort of thing. That's where we're going to see a bit more from him than we're going to see against guys like Ross County and Motherwell and Killy and all that sort of stuff in St Mirren. What were you going to say, Sean? I was actually going to say almost the same as what you said, Jared, but in, rather than using the Japanese national team as my kind of model for my answer, I was going to talk about what I'm hoping to see from him when he plays in Europe. Um, and the, the same kind of idea. Like, he's he stands out most... Um, Against these low block teams, his strengths not not strengths, but where he contributes most significantly is uh, in closing down those defenders, uh, harrying them, and also uh, most of his goals. Going anecdotally, I've not checked this up. Seem to be coming from just kind of scrambles in the box, and he's just kind of moving about a lot and getting on the end of a loose ball, that sort of thing. Uh, even if it's just like a back post header, so it seems to be just his persistent movement in the box sometimes things fall to him by 
uh, perseverance rather than by technical uh, ability. But um, I, as you guys said, maybe when the game opens up a bit in Europe, we might get to see a different side to that. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. What you were saying there, Sean, as well, though, I think that also applies to, a bit to Kyogo. Because mm-hmm. when yeah. teams are sitting deep, he doesn't have the physicality of the size, but when you've got space, he plays a lot better. So, yeah, we'll see that overall there. But there's a couple of signing rumours, and Michael Ross has beaten me to one of them in the comments here. Thoughts on Alex Collado? Is he what we need? For me, he's a right winger who can also play in the 10. So he'll, at the moment, what have we got out right? We've got a barter as the backup with Jota playing out of position, realistically. I think Jota's better on the left. So you've got your Jota, you've got a barter, and you've got Forrest. Do we need another guy who can play that position? Probably not. But the fact that he can play in the 10... I think it's a good spot for him in terms of, well, we had three guys there in terms of Turnbull, O'Reilly and Rogic last season. If he comes in as a different sort again, then it could be an option. It depends because it's going to be a loan. And I don't like loans at the moment. I'm loving these whole loan-to-buy things. What are your thoughts, Liam? Um, See, I, I think that we're at a point now where... Celtic have basically filled in the gaps that needed to be filled. We've got a good centre-back in. We've got cover at left-back. We've got enough forward players. We've got um, replacements for uh, Beton and Rogic, I believe. What we're looking at now is potential... I don't want to use the phrase luxury players because that's the wrong. that gives the wrong impression, but players who will enhance the squad but don't actually have a set role. And a, and someone like Collado would, would fit that because he's a player who would definitely enhance the quality of the squad and is one that we could deploy in a variety of positions. We're going to get injuries over the course of the season and you need to have guys that you can deploy in. You know, because immediately I'm thinking if Hatati's out for more than a couple of weeks, Collado potentially comes in. If Matt O'Reilly gets an injury, he comes in. God forbid, if Jota got injured, he could come in there as well. You know, there's there's um, a variety of positions he could fill. Plenty of options there, yeah. Yeah. How old is this kid? I'm looking it up right now, so you want to give your opinion while I'm looking it up? I believe he's 23. 23. 23-year-old. Well, I'm actually... Yeah, so the fact he's still... Olympiakos and Girona apparently interested in him. He's a left-footed player, most comfortable in the number 10 position in the right wing. So basically he's the opposite of Jota. Jota is a right-footer who likes to play left. This guy is a left-footer who likes to play right and come back inside. Makes sense. Is Girona and Olympiakos, are they City group? Or is that Olympiakos Hitafi? isn't. It's Hitafi? So I get it. Anyway, um, yeah, no... 23, maybe, because uh, only if it's loan to buy, uh, to be honest with you. Um, if it's just loan for loan, then no, not interested. Um, obviously, we had some success bringing in Jota as a winger on loan, but then we've had so many other failures like uh, Charlie Masonda and Daniel Arzani. Uh, and that's why I was kind of asking his age, because those examples are guys that were uh, a bit younger uh, and a bit more raw. So, so I think maybe that 21 to 22, 23 is 
maybe got a better chance of success. But again, unless we have an option to buy, what's the point in us developing someone for Barcelona just to turn a profit on next year, you know? Uh, especially when we're well served at that position. Look, the Aussie me is going to come out right here and say, you back off Daniel Arzani. He just had a bad <laughs> he had a shit run of it where he uh, blew his knee out on his debut and he's never been the same since. However, he's part of the City group and the uh, victory fan in me over here in the A-League is like, suck shit. So it hasn't bothered oh, me. He's signed for MacArthur. Yeah. yeah, MacArthur FC. I think he made his debut last week or two weeks ago. Playing under Dwight York as the manager. Is that right? Oh. Yeah. Did they win the league last year, MacArthur? I think they did. No. Nah. Did they not? No, nah, it was Western United. Oh, the other one that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. So that's one rumour. The other rumour, Ross Barkley from Chelsea. Everyone, if anyone thinks that that is going to happen, put the Kool-Aid down, stop, turn your computer off, go sit in the naughty corner outside and just breathe in for a bit and just have a 10-minute timeout. As if we could pay him. He's on 100k a week wages. Hmm. Um, so put a line through it. We're not we're not Sevco. We don't just, you know, bring in 400 grand a week players from Juventus and, you know, have all sorts of shit happen. But Barkley's someone I always liked at Everton, but I think the move to Chelsea was a bad one for him. He would have been better off going to somewhere like Man United, in my opinion, but apparently the talks are he's going to go back to Everton anyway. So that won't happen. If it does, though, uh, what can I do? Oh, I don't know. I was going to say I'll sing some weird song on this podcast just to embarrass myself. Won't happen. He's not signing for us. Yeah, file that one under Adam Ramsey, I guess. Um, don't think there's much to that, especially after we've seen Darren Moy. It's really be cancelling out that signing. And James McCarthy would just be delighted, you know. We, we don't need Aaron Ramsey. God, I'll, I'll miss a penalty in a European final for half that money. <laughs> yep. So that's that's the two signing rumours. Now, we've got a couple of other little things to discuss here. So the, the news here and Saudi appreciation page in the comments. He's put a couple of comments in which ties into the next one. Do you think it was pre-planned that Harry Kuehl will always take John Kennedy's place in the setup? Do you think that Kuehl is always going to replace? So we had the, the comment come through. We're going mm. to talk about it because the rumour is that John Kennedy could be on the verge of a stunning Celtic exit to become the new boss of Danish side FC Michelin. Now, apparently their manager there got sacked after 14 months in charge and uh, a certain former player of ours called Eric Shevchenko has put in a good word for him and he's trying to get him to go there. Do you think it's time for Kennedy to move on? Especially with Kuehl coming in, we've got someone who can be assistant manager. Kennedy moves on, he gets his big step up at a decent level too. Do you think that's a good move for him first of all, Sean? And do you think it's the right time for him to leave Celtic? What are your thoughts there? It's not the right time for us, for him to leave Celtic. Uh, is it the right time for Kennedy? I mean, he's 38 now, I think. Uh, I think I read that today. Uh, do you want to go abroad? Look what happened to Sean Maloney at Hibs. Uh, he dodged a bullet there, John Kennedy, didn't he? By not going to Hibs. I'd say you definitely got a better chance of 
getting a, 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 crack, a better crack at it uh, at a team like Midgetland than you would at Hibs, for sure. Uh, expectations are very variable with a team like that. And you're also in a kind of league where teams don't really spend big on players, so I'd say that being a good coach would have a more significant impact on a team. You know, like, it's not like... like you could put any manager in charge of Celtic and Rangers and they're going to finish top two, you know, like... Uh, just because of budget reasons, and that's not really a thing uh, in the Scandinavian countries. Um, definitely not right timing for Celtic. I don't would need continuity, I think. But is it right time for John Kennedy? I'd hope he sees uh, an opportunity to stay until at least we're done with the Champions League uh, groups before he thinks we're going. Hmm. Just before you say anything, Liam, I just want to yeah. get anyone anyone watching on YouTube, appreciate that. Let us know your thoughts on the whole John Kennedy situation in the comments as well so we can discuss that a bit further as well. But over to you, Liam. Right. Well, I think that it's been known for a while now that Kennedy does see his future as a manager of his own team. Um, but with Ange doing what he does at Celtic, that's not going to be at Celtic any time in the next few years. Um and perhaps, although, you know, no kind of formal agreement was reached, maybe they had a word in the summer and they said, look, Harry Kuehl's going to come in. We'd like you to stay, but if something comes up you want to pursue, then we've got cover in the coaching area, you know. Um, I think it's a, it's a case of Celtic kind of covering all their bases by bringing in Harry Kuehl. Because a guy like Harry Kuehl, with his experience and his knowledge of the game, um, and the fact that he's a fellow Aussie as well for, for Ange is um, is going to enhance the backroom team, whatever his role is. But he also has the experience that if John Kennedy did leave, he can step in and become the full formal assistant. Um, so I think um, it's it, it would be a good move for Kennedy's career because the Danish league is a league, as as Sean said, if you can get a team to do well in that league, it shows you're a good coach. And that is where a lot of good coaches have cut their teeth initially. Um, there is also the idea that 38 now, you want to be, if you're going to become a manager, you want to get into a job probably before you hit 40. So he's probably got about another year or so after this before he makes a jump into full management if he's going to. Um, and I believe that's what he's always wanted to do. I mean, in his mind, he's probably always dreamed of becoming the Celtic manager, but like I said, that's not going to happen in the near future. So I think going to a, a club like Micheland, which in their own league are a massive club, um, is going to be good for him. And Eric Sviachenko, as you mentioned, I think he's the club captain there. Um, yeah. A big influential figure would definitely be a good benefit to Kennedy in terms of getting his philosophy across on the coaching side to have the captain of the club already on side and already shouting for him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We've got a few comments as well. Yeah, but before I go to them, just want to touch on something. Mitchell and they work off that, like, um, I think they're linked with, uh, was it Brentford or something like that? So that's a lot of the money ball analytics and statistics and stuff like that. So recruitment because of finances and that will be taken care of for him and he won't have to worry about that too much. So it'll be more just focus on the coaching. So I think that's a good league and a good club in a way for him to start with 
and establish himself. And as you said, he's got the captain on the side. That's always a good start. So strange of the doctor has said, if Kende was to move into management, a job in one of the Scandinavian leagues would be great. You agree with that? Glasgow yep. Rebel, the Danish side is still in the European qualifiers. What could be a big carrot to dangle? So that's another thing I hadn't even thought of. Hmm. Which then ties into what you said, Sean, about he needs to stay with us for Champions League because, <laughs> you know, but then maybe if he wants to go and manage, take on the job and become the manager and actually be a head coach at a European, whether it's in the Europa League or whatever, then you can't can't hold him back on that. And then Vanessa McCormick, time for JK to cut the apron strings and move on. One other thing to think about as well is he, he might want to take like Darren Day and Stephen McManus with him or Gavin Strachan. And so it could, it might not just be losing John Kennedy, it could be losing mm. three or four uh, backroom stuff. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, Jared, he's, uh, the reason why the Scandinavian league might be more attractive is, is primarily you're a head coach. And from as much as we all love John Kennedy and how much he's given to the club, like, the guy doesn't have much charisma. Like, is he, is he maybe just a natural coach and not a natural manager? Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have that kind of Brendan Rodgers, Andrew Postecoglou, Gordon Strachan kind of level of charisma that you might worry uh, about him. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, exactly. Like to just command a room, you know. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I've not seen that from him, to be honest. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I've not seen it. And he had his, he had a bit of chance to show that when. Uh, Neil Lennon got sacked and he was the caretaker for three months or whatever it was and he didn't win an away game do you know what I mean like, so he didn't exactly raise the standards in that time so we've got a comment here we Sean and Kendo would make a good combination hmm <laughs> it's an interesting yeah. show yeah I mean it may well be that Maloney is out of work so maybe I think well, I'm assuming he's still out of work so yeah I think so yeah, he's um, been linked with a few other jobs. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. For me, if we're going to lose him, I'd rather lose him early on in the season rather than middle of the year or whatever. So if he was to leave now, fine, whatever. We never stop. Next man up. Who do we put in there? But if he's going to take a bunch of guys with him as his backroom staff, then how does that gut our, our backroom staff and the academy? So we'll get there, though. There you go. Glasgow Maloney is at Burnley Helping Company. Let, let's just start the rumours now. Who's who's the most recently retired Australian international? <laughs> is it going to be Craig uh, Moore? Is Craig Moore coming in? Uh, we'll bring Tim Cale in. To, oh, Tim Cale. There you go. That makes sense. Oh, no, Tony sorry. Fox. We need a defensive coach. We need, a, we need a defensive coach. So who could that be? Tony Vidmore? Let's, let's get Lucas Neal. <laughs> uh, what's Popovich doing right now? Uh, what happened to him after he left? Yeah, uh, is it is it victory? Is he victory? Oh, yep. He he'd come from victory surely. Yeah, you're gonna cop it from Shane if he's watching. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Anyway, um, we'll leave that one there. So watch this space thing. We'll see how that all plays out. Now, this one I'm gonna throw to you, Sean. We're gonna use your local knowledge. Oh, yeah. Lee Griffiths, Mandra City FC in Western Australia. What division are they? A second tier or a third tier over there? As, well, there is only two divisions of State League, uh, okay. and they're in the second one down. 
So, so just to kind Kelton. of explain yeah. to people in Scotland, you've got your National League, which is all of Australia, and then there's no relegation from there or promotion. Uh, that's just like a fixed league, kind of like the American systems. And then your one down from the National League is state leagues. And in WA, we have two divisions for state league. Uh, and it's not the biggest setup, to be honest. So if you're not in the Premier for the state, then you're going to be... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's not the most... Uh... So, basically, we've got the A-League, which is the top league, which is national, which is what you said. Then in each yeah. state league, you've got what they call the NPL, which is National Premier League, and they all play off. So that's like your state league, your top division. Yeah. And then there's another tier under that in, in Western Australia. Is Griff's team in the NPL, the state league, Correct. or the second tier? It's the state league. It's not the NPL. So he's in the third tier. There you go. But to give you to give you an idea, uh, the the stadium that Lee Griffiths is playing in, I've played on that on that pitch. <laughs> wow. So are we talking about probably a similar size of club to like a Scottish second or third division team? Maybe. Uh no, no, much smaller than that. It, it'd be more like uh, like Forest Mechanics or something like that. All right, not the Highland so, League. Highland my, yeah. my whole take on this was. Well, he's coming out. He's playing two games. It's the end of the. Like, I've written. So I've got a question from James Murphy about this, and it's like, oh, and the move ties in well with the final few weeks of the A League off season. This will put him in the shop window down here for the clubs looking to finalise their rosters for the upcoming season. So, realistically, if he comes down here, does well for two games, proves he's. He's doing something, even if it's third tier, he's in the country. You may get a couple of clubs that are looking for strikers at the A League level who go, you know what, we'll take a chance on him. And I think that's what he's looking at because realistically, I think he's run out of options in Scotland. And I thought he'd end up down in Australia or it'd end up in uh, the MLS because I didn't think he'd go somewhere who's not going to, they're not going to speak English. So, yeah, I reckon. More than likely, I know Perth are looking for a striker, but then Vanessa in the comments has gone, do we think Griff will join an A-League club? As a long-suffering Newcastle Jets fan, I'd love to have him in our team. I think that would be a perfect fit for him because he'd be the sort of main striker there that you guys need up at the Jets. Because um, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. There was the Irish bloke. They had a, Was it O'Donovan or something like that? It was their last quality striker who would score a bunch of goals in the you know, season. So they've really been missing a, like a focal point for a few years and he could play that role for them. And, you know, I think he'd love living by the beach, a bit of a sea change. Um, You know, he, it was funny though, when he first signed for us, I remember this, he didn't want to go make a move back down to um, like when he was at, at Wolves, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He was on loan at, at Ibs. He didn't. He wanted to stay in Scotland. He didn't want to go back to Wolves because he wanted to be near his, near his kids, and now he's coming all the way over here. So is he going to be bringing all his kids over here, or? <laughs> well, I mean, was he going to have the the, the Griffiths, you know, Australian posse? The thing is, there is the possibility that whatever treatment he's been having for his mental health and addiction issues, he might have been told. Goes go abroad for a year or two and clear your head. I mean, that is quite a common recommended therapy for certain types of people. So, 
I heard that he's just here on holiday or something, and he's just signing up for just to have a kick about. Because uh, look, Mandurah is that kind of it's the city outside of Perth kind of thing. So if you're heading south, it's the kind of first city you hit. So you're not too far from you're like forty five minutes from Perth. Um, so it's coming for a wee jolly. There you go. It kind of seems like that, like because it's not like he's if he was going to sign for a good team, you know, there's other ones like you go to Joondalup or something, but you wouldn't go there. Like his drumming for a holiday. Like we call, we sometimes call Mandra Meth Andra, um, because of the kind of characters that it attracts. But it's also <laughs> away from that coastline. Uh, there is also full of retirees as well. So it's really a city of retirees and crackheads. And um, <laughs> like not even joking. Uh, and look, I love going down to be honest for a bit of a piss up. Uh, we we do like that journey down there. Um, good say down there as well. Yeah, and they've got a good Scottish bar as well. Um, yeah, it's you know I, I don't think he's. I would say he's probably on holiday there and just wants a kick about. And they've had to do because of the way the registration works here. He's had to do an international transfer certificate uh, in order to play for them. Uh, so that's uh, he's probably not even getting paid. What they do get paid, uh, something like two hundred dollars a game, stuff like that. You know that kind of level, um, but. I'd be surprised if he's doing it for anything other than just he's here already and having a kick about. Because when it came up on my social media that he'd signed, I was like, oh, this is a piss take. Because teams do that down here. Like, uh, my team did it when Lionel Messi was a free agent. Like, we put a post up saying we were signing Lionel Messi. It's like a, a normal thing to do down here. And I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then, like, it came up in the actual news. I was like, wait, what? He's actually <laughs> playing for Mandurah? What is going on here? Like, that's the kind of level. Like, I, I assumed it was mm. a joke. Yeah, I remember um, years ago Torquay, my my dad's old club, did that. They they made, they released a big press release saying they were signing an international an international uh, uh, player, someone who'd been capped over a hundred times for their country, a world renowned star. And everyone was like, you know, oh, is it is it Bebeto? Is it Romario? Because they were all about forty at that point. It would have worked time wise. Uh, it was Neville Southall. <laughs> <laughs> I played like one game and then that was that. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of the day, like Griff's coming down here. He's no longer a Celtic player, but for me, he scored over 100 goals for the club. He 40 goal season. He was there a while. That's the only reason I'm discussing it. It's because he's coming to our country and he's a former Celtic player. So it ticks both the Celtic and the down under section. That's why we're talking about that. Um, strange love the doctor is I don't really care as long as he's not at Celtic I'm fine with it good luck or whatever Griff Edinburgh folk are always a bit weird <laughs> <laughs> had to show not it because of that last bit I'll take your word for it mate but um, yeah so we'll leave that one there just want a quick shout out to the uh, Celtic women 9-0 win against Hibs mm. another Aussie at, at Celtic getting a hat trick top effort haven't really done much recruiting, lost a few players, and they've still gone and done that. And considering two, three years ago, Hibs was one of the big clubs in the league, as well as Glasgow City. That's a um, good effort from the girls. So let's see how they go over this season. I think trying to win the league has got to be the, the goal. But I don't know. I think probably need some players in. Now, Celtic Colts through in the Challenge Cup. You want to discuss that, Sean? Yeah, it was an impressive win, to be honest. Um, I, 
just kind of caught the highlights, but uh, 2 0 down uh, at Coat Bridge, uh, playing Albion Rovers, League Two team, and they came back to win 3 2. Uh, goals from Rocco Vata, Boston Lawell, and uh, Owen Moffat. Uh, apparently, it could have been more, despite being 2 0 down. Apparently, it was quite a comfortable win in the end. Uh, and that's them now into the second round of the Challenge Cup where they're going to play Livingston B. So, I wouldn't bet against them making the the next round after that as well. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, good luck to them. And good to see the, the young boys that you said there who scored the goals. Like, they're guys that we've been talking about potentially making a step up this season into the first team squad. So it's good to mm-hmm. see them get that done at that level and being like the main men at that level. But then also still we've got that pathway that we're talking about to bring them through. So, yeah, glad to see that result. Looking forward to seeing the Celtic B team when I go over to Scotland for Christmas. Actually, they're um they're playing they're playing Rangers B um, between Christmas and New Year, so that'll be a that'll be a good wee day out. <laughs> so you need to get down there, Liam, with the uh, flag behind you and just like give it a wave. Yep, will do. Will do. <laughs> All right. So on was it on Sunday? Actually, I got it on Saturday on the list, but I'm double-checking. I think it's on Sunday fixture. We got uh, Killy. So it'll be the first um, game for a lot of our guys going down that plastic pitch, isn't it? Mm. It's an away game. Mm. Yeah, so um, what are you hoping to see in the game? Sean? I'm hoping to see some entertaining football. Uh, not much chance on that pitch, is there? Um, I don't even know much about Kamarnock these days. Uh to be honest, uh, get I know they signed Kerr McEnroy from us. I don't know if he's been playing or not. Uh, but apart from that, I'm not really. And with Derek McInnes being the manager, I guess we kind of got a rough idea of what to expect based on how he used to set Aberdeen up uh, against us. But I'd say it's going to be a lot like playing away at Livingston, uh, the same way. Uh, yeah, strange love saying it here. You know, it's going to be a bit dire, and it's. Yeah, so the best we can kind of hope for is that kind of 3-1 away win uh, that you get against the likes of Livingston. And look, that's there's something to be said for being able to tactically and mentally do that. It's not something you can just do as a given. Uh, and we've been scoring set pe- uh, headers, centre-backs in recent weeks. It's always a, a good route for getting a goal in these pitches. So I'd, I'd say, yeah... I think it's actually going to be 2-1 to Celtic. Uh, yeah, and I can see a defender scoring. Yeah, I'm not sure if Stephen Welsh will be back in the team or not, but yeah, I could certainly see there being a, a headed goal. Maybe Jack Amakis. I could actually, after kind of recent form, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Amakis starts. So I'm looking at their squad at the moment, and defender Lee Hodson, they've signed Dylan McGowan, the Australian. They've got... You keep going through the, the squad here, and there's a bunch of guys there. Like you got Ash Taylor as a defender in there, Kyle Lafferty's there, Jordan Jones is there. You've got a bunch of guys who will play real physical, the typical McKinnis style sort of thing. Um, for me, I'm happy that it's a nine nine p.m. kickoff. So um, over here, so I should be pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, be is interesting. Sunday or Saturday? Is it Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, oh, yeah. Sundays. Honest to God, it's kickoff yep. times. 
So um, Sunday, 9 p.m. over here for us, which is decent. <laughs> Take that. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really care too much in terms of that it's a plastic pitch, right? Like, it is what it is. It's a shit situation. I think all plastic pitches should be outlawed. Shouldn't have them. However, I think we've got more than enough talent and, and you know, ability in our squad that, you know, we should... As you're saying, Sean, I'm thinking it'll win 2-0. I don't think it'll be anything more than that. But, yeah, it's just about getting the three points at the end of the day and not making sure we don't pick up any injuries. The the biggest surprise looking at that squad is how little it has actually changed since before they got relegated. Uh, You know, the the bigger, just looking at it, the big question really is, does uh, Alan Power get a yellow card or a red card from the game? Uh, and I guess it depends on who the referee is. Has that been released yet? Is it Don Robertson again? Don't be Don Robertson again. Probably. Yeah, yeah I, 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 it's going to be it's going to be either one or two nil to Celtic, and it's going to be an utterly dire, boring, turgid game because that's what you always get with Kilmarnock and plastic uh, pitches. Uh, I, I, I hope they get relegated again. They're just a horrible wee club, horrible, horrible wee stadium, and just horrible. Just, just horrible generally we, we just we missed a chance like when they were out of the league we could have voted to get rid of plastic pitches because we would have had an 11 to 1 uh, but mm. we, we I don't know what we are just sleeping on it and they didn't get it voted through in time and uh, or didn't even think about it I don't know whatever and now there's two of them again and maybe if Hamilton come back it'll be three again and whatever like we need to deal with this man it's like it's embarrassing man it wouldn't yeah, have passed last season sleep. because Rangers would have voted against it out of spite like they always do anyway. This is true. Yep. Yeah. But so, if we want to sell our game, we need to improve the product and part of that's playing it on grass. It's, like, these plastic yep. pitches are brutal, man. They might be better than bad grass, but they're not as good as grass. Yeah. Yep. I think it's going to be an interesting one, but yeah, so starting lineup, Sean... Uh, like I said, yeah, Maeda's got a knock, so uh, we could be seeing a bad starting. Uh, and, he, and look, he might have started anyway for tactical reasons. And um, I reckon Jack Marcus gets a sniff here. Uh, Welsh depends what the illness was that he had that kept him out. I could well see Moritz Jens keeping his place, and yeah, and then it's just a question of whether Hitati comes back in for Turnbull or not. But I don't think so. Um, yeah, I reckon Abada starts, Jack Marcus starts, and other than that, same as starters at the weekend. What do you reckon, Liam? Yeah, pretty much same team as the weekend, only only possible changes are, uh, like you say, Abada coming in for Dyson, and does Hatati? I think if Hatati's fit, he plays, but we don't know what his situation is yet. We probably won't know until then. The press conference on Friday, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd want um, um Jack and Macus in, and uh, yeah, that'd be the key one for me. But I'm just having a quick look here because in the comments, Michael Ross has put up latest news: Chelsea considering a move for selling fullback Josip Juranovic, according to reports. So I'm just checking that out now, seeing what them. What's the most player? Who still consider offers fifteen million? So I'm just checking the source. 
football website 90 minute. Who are they? Nah. Clickbait sounds, shite. Sounds like clickbait, ain't it? Yeah. yeah. So clicking on that now anyway, so I'm going to give them the click they want. <laughs> yeah. Who, who so cares you got? Nothing website, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Not worried about that. I think at the end of the season it'll happen, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a, I don't think it's th- going to be a thing for me. I'm saying Maida gets rested because we've got, got the knock. Jotter back on the left, the barter on the right. Jackamacus up front. And then I'd go Turnbull. I'd put, um, you have Kalmak. Then the question is, who do we go to? Is Hatade back or not? Or do we just go with, you know? Don't forget, don't forget O'Reilly. Yeah, I'm deliberately leaving him out for a reason. Because I don't want these pricks kicking lumps out of him for the full 90 minutes. Mm. Mm. If we've already got Hatade who's popped the knock, I don't want to be both Hatade and O'Reilly down. No. So I'm like, if we start turn, we'll give him 60 minutes and then go later on, bring O'Reilly on. That's what I'm thinking. But... But we could do it as set pieces. Yeah. Oh, we'll figure it out. doesn't. Who cares? I'm just over in Australia. Like, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, no other comments here. We'll um, go through all our topics already. It's a nice week with not too much going on here. But, um, yeah, we'll just crack on and let everyone get back to their days. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate that. As we said earlier, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the South Down Under podcast via your podcast app. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to that. Hit the notification bell when you subscribe so you get notifications when we go live each Wednesday. And hit the like button as well because it's apparently it's something good for algorithms so we'll get out there to more Celtic fans if you enjoy what we do. Other than that, we'll go to our final thoughts. So, Sean, what's your final thought? Uh, I did the numbers on it and if... The very unlikely event, especially since I'm about to jinx it, but the very unlikely event that we go unbeaten in the league this season, uh, the numbers will add up to 70 games unbeaten, which would be one more than the record set by Brendan Rodgers. And now you've jinxed it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're on 34 now, and if we go to the end of the league season without losing, that's 70 which would be mm. one more than the 69 that Brendan Rodgers got. Not bad at all. Liam? Yeah, um, I would just like to say, Celtic, please sort out your international shipping. Um, I've got my new shirts on here, and it was actually cheaper for my dad to walk into the shop, buy them for me, and then send them here to me than it would have been to order direct from Celtic. So sort it out, guys. Come on. It's... Uh, you're, you're doing your international fans a great disservice with the what you're charging and the times that it takes. Because I also got the shirt about a week earlier than I did last year um, on account of the not having to wait for Celtic to ship it out either. So, you know, guys, you've got an international fan base. We are a worldwide club. Let's start acting like one in a commercial sense, please. On that front, it ties in perfect to what I was going to say. We're a worldwide fan base. 
Celtic TV is absolute pish. Sort it out, Celtic. Like, it's not hard. Get it right. We shouldn't have... If we're paying for a service over here, we expect to be able to watch the whole games. Get it sorted. Make sure that the games are right. Make sure you get replays that you can watch. Make sure we get Colts games. Give us the women's games on there. Give us the ability to on demand. Set it up properly. It's a good money spinner for the club. Sort it out. Some semblance of pre- and post-match analysis would be nice as well. Yeah. Act like you actually care. It's not like it's cheap. You've got 60,000 people that can be there every second week in the home stadium. But you've got a massive supporter base in Ireland. You've got a massive supporter base in the US. You've got a massive supporter base all through Australia, New Zealand, all through Southeast Asia. There's supporters clubs everywhere. It's no excuse. Like, we all can't be there in that stadium. So you've got to look up, not just look after the people in the stadium, look after us as well. Sort out your, sort out your shit, Celtic, with Celtic TV because there's such a massive revenue stream there. I would happily pay for it if it was decent. I know I people who pay for it. I pay for it. I would... it's $331 for the year. So yeah. what's that in pounds? It's like... Um... Yeah, six five fifty. No, 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 uh, no, three hundred thirty dollars. So oh, it was, Australian, I have it then. Yeah, so it'd be, yeah, almost two hundred pounds. The way it works out. Yeah, that's not cheap. So sort it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I will say something that's something that's actually. <laughs> I'm just reading that comment. <laughs> Doctor Sally TV could make porn boring. There you yeah. go. That's the best way to end the podcast. And I can damn them with faint, faint praise by saying that they're actually better than they used to be, which is, and we all know what state they're in right now, so it's not exactly, you know, it, they used to be even worse. They're just, they've been so bad so consistently for so long, it's getting a bit annoying, to be honest. Yep. Judging by the amount of trouble people have trying to find a stream if they're not subscribed to Celtic TV, it seems that they're spending a lot more money stopping people from watching Celtic TV than they are actually making sure subscribers can watch it. Yeah, at some point in the first half on Sunday, uh, they had the the username. Jumped yeah, to the middle, I had the same thing. Aye. Middle of the screen. And it was there forever. I was like, Jesus, man. Like, just flash it up and take it off, you know? Like, they were obviously just leaving it there while they were working their way through all the IP sites, like, pulling them down, you know? Mm. Yeah, but anyway, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Podcast Network.